Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in. It's the Penn Live Wrestling Podcast. Dustin Hawkinsmith here with Dave Hecker back from a two-week hiatus for which I take full ownership of that. Uh, we got in the team wrestling district team championships last two weeks ago, PIAA team wrestling championships last week. We'll cover all the bases from the team postseason, and we're going to take a real quick look ahead as we sit here today. We don't have um, all the information when it comes to sectional seating and brackets, but we're just going to look at some of the weight classes that look like um, they could be some of the tougher ones in the area, both AA and AAA. So we got a lot of ground to cover here, Dave, and I wanted to um, just start, I think, with the PIAA team championships what do you what are you thinking as you're seeing uh boiling springs and west perry uh and bishop mcdevitt all i think wrestle really really well on that state team tournament stage no i, I love how you accept responsibility for falling behind i, I appreciate that dustin that's that's you're you're you're, you're a man you're a man i love it uh, all good no uh, you and i were talking here and, and i felt like even heading into the weekend looking at looking at the teams involved. And, and I, I did feel that, that District 3 AA um, was definitely set up for a little bit of a better showing, you know what I mean, than, than the AAA side of things. And, and to be perfectly honest, uh, myself, I caught myself kind of checking out and watching a little more of, of the AA uh, action, you know, the more the, the tournament went on. I mean, all three of those teams, uh, you know, from Boiling Springs, West Perry, and, uh, and McDevitt, I enjoyed watching compete. And, and I mean, all, each one of those teams, I sat down and, and watched different matches and different individual bouts. And I mean, first of all, people need to understand that, 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 that state tournament, that team tournament, that's a, that's a meat grinder, right? Like, you know, you, you wrestle you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and you're not only wrestling like the best teams in the state, but usually on those teams are the best individuals, you know, I mean, I mean some high achieving individuals. So you had some good matchups and stuff, but I, I really enjoyed it. I thought, uh, you know, Bowling Springs grabbing the fourth place to, to at least, you know, put a, put a little checkbox in the district three column, um, you know, between the double A and triple A to grab that fourth place medal. And that's kind of the Bowling Springs that we thought we had here. I, I felt like even in the district tournament, you know, they lost to, to uh, you know, to Bishop McDevitt, but, you know, we, I had, you had, I mean, we were talking and, and felt that they were the best team in the district because they just had a little more parity and Bishop, Bishop McDevitt out wrestled them in the district finals. I mean, you know, plain and simple, but you know, you saw Boiling Springs. I, I feel like that depth and and some of their uh, their balance there kind of went out in the end. Um, you know what I mean? In, in the team tournament there to the fourth place finish. And and along the way, I mean, the teams they wrestled. 
you know, I mean, Forest Hills, Saucon Valley, Burl, you know, I mean, West Perry again to go beat a good West Perry team again, Benton, uh, and then lost to Chestnut Ridge. I mean, that's a that's a shelf of teams right there that West Perry wrestled and the experience that they gained, you know what I mean? Um, I'm sorry, Boiling Springs, the experience that, that they gained through those 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 dual meets. Uh, hopefully pays off here for the individual postseason. But, I mean, West Perry is the same way. West Perry had a nice win over Montgomery. Um, you know, a pretty tough team we saw at the kickoff classic. Um, had a, you know, lost to Chestnut Ridge in, in a fairly half-decent bout. And then, uh, beat, you know, Faith Christian Academy down near Philly area, 30-29, to 29, before they lost to Boiling Springs. And, you know, I uh, I, I just commend all of the District 3 AA side of things on on – you know, their, their effort, man. It was, it was fun to watch. And I'll tell you McDevitt um, in, in the match against Brookville. And I think even the match uh, maybe before that, I can't remember who it was against. I feel like they were winning up top in two different points in the third period, 89 and 215. And I feel like in their last match, like both those guys ended up getting pinned and I, and I watched it and, you know, you just saw the, the frustration on, on Mike's face. And I mean, we've all been there before, you know, and uh but you know, even even them, and and, and again, their their backup, uh, you know, two twenty, and you know, did did a nice job, I thought, battling. So, I I, I commend all three of those teams um, on the double A side. Uh, you know, provided me some some pretty good uh, you know entertainment there through over the weekend, and um, and 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 I, I feel like some of them have some guys coming back are, are going to be pretty young, and um, hopefully can can make some noise again next year, and maybe maybe find them themselves a little higher on the on the podium. Yeah, I think all three have have a nice chunk of their lineup coming back. And you know, to to your point about Boiling Springs, uh, I I felt like there were some guys in their lineup who wrestled better and better as the as the tournament went on. So it is an absolute grind, and you add that to the grind of of districts and and going right from districts. You know, in West Perry's case, competing on Saturday afternoon and then going up to Montgomery mon- early Monday evening, and then right into all this. I mean, it's a lot of matches. I think I counted eleven matches in fourteen days, and I think by Craig May. His his standpoint, I think he said nine, seven to nine weigh-ins, you know, nine weigh-ins in fourteen days. So like, these guys battled hard and they did a lot of wrestling. Yeah, they they do, and and that's the part, the weighing in that I think we have to do a better job of figuring out how to decrease that number. You know what I mean? I, I mean format-wise, because that's where it gets difficult. Because what you have now is, you know, postseasons this weekend. So you have guys, you know, dropping to get the postseason. So they have to weigh, they have to descend down, you know, so it's not like they can just weigh in at any weight above them. You know, they have to weigh a certain weight to be eligible for, for the postseason. And that can get difficult. And, uh, you know, sometimes I, I just feel like the, the you know, the, the, the weigh-ins, that, that number needs to drop a little bit to help these guys out. Um, but it, like you said, it, it is a, it is a grind and, and you get a lot of good mat time and, uh, you know, like rest, I mean, with that comes weigh-ins. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, so, you know, in Boiling Springs case, one kid who really lit the best I have seen him wrestle all year was Jaden Barrick at 160 pounds for Boiling Springs, not even close to that top guy in their lineup. Not the guy that if you're coaching against Boiling Springs, you're game planning around him, but he's also a pretty phenomenal athlete. He's a pretty strong kid. He's, you know, he, he wrestled, he's, he wrestled really, really hard on day two and day three. So kind of like an unsung hero to, you know, to Trevor being able to believe in him this whole way through and then get the best out of him. And I think, you know, he was one of the guys and uh, it was, um, 
Sawyer Young, who they're, they're freshmen at 132, who lost just a decision to a ranked kid from Faith Christian to help them lock up that that duel against them. Faith Christian, uh, you know, they're, they're building something um, with a lot of sort of highly regarded kids in their lineup. They got some holes, but, you know, that was a really good win. Um, I'm sorry, that was West Perry that beat um, Faith Christian, but uh, right. I think it was, it, was, it was Benton, I believe, uh, for Sawyer Young. But uh, that was the most excited I had seen Trevor Byers pounding his chest and telling him how much heart that Sawyer Young showed uh, just to, to really battle with a kid and score the last takedown of the match. A kid trying to tech him, a kid trying to pin him, and he scores the last takedown of the match, I think, to make it like eight to three. He loses to a ranked kid. And I think those are the types of guys who can create a little bit of momentum. Yes, uh, a lot of weigh-ins, a lot of wrestling probably guys who are banged up who have to turn around in, in six days time and get their individual postseason started. But there were some, I think, good examples of guys who found themselves a little bit towards the end of this. Yeah. You said it perfect. That's exactly what I was thinking in my head. You know, you go through that, through that day and sometimes you don't have time to sit around and think about who you're going to wrestle, you know? So in Jane Barrick's case, I mean, here's a guy that finally goes out. He learns something out of, you know, learns something about himself a little bit and, and hangs in there and gets some nice wins. And, you know, I expect, you know, some of the wins that he had to kind of help him, um, you know, here come this postseason, um, which we'll talk about a little later. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you heartily on that. Um, the, the idea of him, him learning through that. And, and like you said about the, the Sawyer kid, you know, at the end, getting the takedown and, and Trevor being excited. I mean, that's, what's fun about team wrestling, right? Like, you know, you're not the best guy in the team, right. But you can still contribute to that team and to that outcome by not even winning. Right. Like by, by, by holding a guy to uh, not a tech fall or, or holding a guy to a regular decision. And, and to me, that's, that's the best part about the whole, the whole team wrestling situation is everybody has a role, you know, and, and if everybody, everybody does their role and everybody does their job, um, you know, in, in that, in that pursuit to, to win, I mean, you know, it, it's a good feeling. So, um, and, and you saw that throughout the tournament and, and really, and, and every team, every team that experienced success at one time or another, somebody an unsung hero or somebody did their job that we might not even have known you know we just saw a guy go out there and get beat but you know maybe that guy that that was supposed to pin him and he just got beat and you know that happens all weekend and any of these teams that achieve you know high place finishes at the team tournament that that's happened to them all along another good one here for west perry is you you obviously know the the big guys for this lineup um there were two matches. I think it was Faith Christian and again against Boiling Springs, where they had a kid who's wrestled 215 and 285 based on whoever they like the matchups. Brad Morrison's right. going to go hunting for six. Loyal Carver is the, is the kid who um, had pins and back to back matches that were really, really meaningful. They didn't uh, end up beating Boiling Springs, but the way that that match started against Boiling Springs, they needed something big to happen in the upper weights. And Loyal Carver, who got pinned by Jacob Scott from Boiling Springs in 17 seconds, the last time he wrestled him gets a pin for his team and you you know like i said it, it didn't end up you know winning the the the, the duel but it made it a duel again when they yeah. when when west perry saw um nolan ziegler lose when yeah. they saw um, tucker seidel lose and ty morrison lose you know just going head to head with these really good boiling springs wrestlers to start that thing off they needed something big and he delivered uh, on that one i think west perry got some similar performances you know all up and down to make a really good run and and I, 
you know, I think they wrestled so, so well against the, the rest of the top teams that they, that they competed against. And then it just kind of figures that they run into boiling Springs who are just not a very good matchup for this Westbury team at all. I mean, boiling Springs to their credit, isn't a very good matchup for almost any team because they've got depth and they've got pieces pretty well balanced all the way up to up and down. Yeah, you know, when, when you go through and you say this this one team's not a good matchup for this team, not a good matchup for this team, maybe they're just a good team, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, right. Uh, but but in, in some sense, you know, so is West Perry, but you, you're exactly correct. And and looking at that 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 dual meet, I, you know, West Perry does match up, ex- or uh, Boiling Springs does match up extremely well with them. So, um, and you saw that kind of, you know, that's what kind of, you know, ended up be happening again, you know, and Bowling Springs just kind of won out there. But um, it, it's funny how, you know, you, you wrestle a good team and, 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 and it's tough to beat a good team three times, but to do it in different ways, you know what I'm saying? And, and where you, yeah. you know, pick up points in different ways and the other, you know, is, is very interesting. And, uh, you know, I mean, it says a lot about really about both of them, um, you know, battling back and forth and, um, you know, like I said, I, I think all year, you know, West Perry and Bowling Springs and, and, and McDevitt, for that matter, have have done a great job. You know, I, for, I feel like for District 3 AA. <clears throat> uh, a couple other highlights here for, for West Perry. Um, Brad Morrison, you know, I talked to him because his job has been go pin a kid. That could be at 215. That could be two, at 285. His, his job all season. And there's probably, you know, there's some pressure in that. Um, but he was comfortable in it of go out and get a pen. We need six from you, Brad Morrison. And he go, he has gone out and delivered, but he got a chance against faith Christian to move up to 285 and wrestle um, the kid, Leo Muzika, who's a former 215, who's now 285, kind of that in between that, that guy who weighs 235 pounds is kind of a big, strong, but athletic kid at heavyweight. He's ranked number three in the state. Uh, Morrison gives up the first takedown of the match and just kind of hangs in there and takes that match over. And, you know, I thought for him to get a match like that against a kid who's, who's so big and strong uh, and to get that um, six minutes in against a state caliber kid, really big for him because he even said it after the match. He said, you know, I, I, I needed to see if I could go six minutes again because it's been so long. He said he hadn't wrestled a full match since December before this. So you think about that role and, and getting a match at this time against a kid like yeah. that yeah. to get his legs back under him again. Yeah, yeah no, I, uh, I, I, I didn't know it was since December. I, I knew he was on a, on a pretty, you know, pretty big streak there as far as, you know, matches, matches ending early. I was unable to watch that match. I didn't catch that bout between him and, and a kid from Faith Christian. Um, but again, you know, the idea of him getting tested here before the, before the postseason, the individual postseason, because guess what? I mean, he's going to have to go six minutes here and, and win matches to, to medal here in the postseason and, and have a good, you know, end of the year. So, you know, and especially against a bigger guy, a good, uh, you know, number three guy in the state. I mean, that's, that's a nice win. Um, and again, I mean, that's, that, you know, you, you want to go there and you want your team to win, but it's, it's good to get those matchups for your good guys because you do get an opportunity to get, get against some teams that are, you know, traditionally powerhouses and, and traditionally have some good guys and, um, you know, and, and seeing guys like Brad take advantage of that and West Perry take advantage of that is good. I, I you know, um, to, to get those matchups for your individuals. And yeah, I mean, and, and again, it helped obviously the, 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 the win there because they won by a point, you know? Yep. Yep. Need, needed every, everything they could get from those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Jackson Rush from West Perry, I think maybe, maybe the biggest individual outcome of this entire tournament. Our area, any area, was him pinning Louis Gill, 
who um, as a he's a sophomore now, won a state title as a freshman at 106. He's back at 106 this year. He's ranked number three in the country. He hadn't lost at all. He bumped up to 120, and I had heard he weighed in around 109 pounds to do that. Uh, I was laughing with Jeff Upson from PA Power because there were people all over him saying, oh, this is a big deal, who are saying, no way. He, he bumped up two weight classes to get that. My question to you is, at what point is it, not a big deal for a, a undefeated state champ to get pinned. Like what, oh, what always weight? a big deal. <laughs> it's, that's, that's what I think too. If, if Louis Gill's wrestling 285 and he gets pinned. Okay. All right. Then, then I'll brush that one off, but he's wrestling 120 pounds. Um, he's a pretty big kid as it is. I know he's given some weight away, but he, you know, he got pinned and, and this is an interesting thing too. Like um there's no time for you as a coach to really game plan two opponents away. Like you're just so focused on this one match ahead of you because you have to be that I, I feel like Hickory's coach probably didn't really have the scouting report that you, you don't necessarily want to go bottom on Jackson rush. He, his top, his best position is on top. Maybe they do something differently, or maybe they just say, you know, you're a state champ, you're undefeated, you're nationally ranked, go bottom and get out. That's your job expectation I feel like you, you have a state champ I mean is you know he's winning they didn't put him there with the thought that he would lose or save points I mean they bumped him up two weights with the expectation that you know they didn't want to put him up to Jackson you know what I mean and and that you know offers a whole slew of problems but then maybe go up two weights and take them out there while, while collecting you know points with somebody else at 106 but I, I think anytime you, you get a win against the state champ I, I don't care what weight it is I you know that, that's impressive. I mean, you can only, it's, it's part of the rules. I mean, you can only bump up two weights. So it's within a, it's within a frame, you know what I mean? Of, of where you weigh in and what you can, what you can do as far as how far up you can wrestle. So um, he would have had to weigh in at 113 and go up to, to you know what I mean? To 120 to, to get that match in. Um, I, I, you know, I was watching the match here and, and when he pinned them, I'm like, wait a second, like that's not supposed to happen. Like I kind of, you know, chimed in a little bit, like a, about a minute into it. And I, and I'm watching it cause I was checking out the West Perry score and, you know, I saw him pin him. I'm like, wait a second. I, I feel like that, that other guy is, is pretty good. And, but I thought he was at one six and I, and I texted you, you know, I said, that was a big win. And, um, and, and, and it was, it was, it was a big win for him. And, you know, I think you have a state champ on your team and Hickory's defense. Um, <clears throat> You know, you, you expect to put them out and, and to them to do their job, whatever that whatever that may be, right? And obviously getting pinned wasn't wasn't that guy's job. Now the one thing I do want to say is 106 is a big difference than 113 and 120. Just with you know, even who you compete against, the age of the kids you compete against, the obviously the size and strength. But um, you know, and, and look, I you know, it's it's wrestling, and that's the best part about wrestling is you can pin people that you can't beat. You know, so, uh, you know, I mean, here's a guy, Jackson Rush, and I'm not saying he can't beat him, but, um, you know, he did pin him. And I mean, I, I think that in, in theory, that's why wrestling is, is what it is, because, you know, you can you can end a match immediately, you know, in, in a football game and in a baseball game. You know, you're playing that out, you know, in, in wrestling. Um, you know, again, you can you can pin people you can't beat. And uh, he did that. It's like in football, if you're down 56, seven in the fourth quarter, but you can win it on a Hail Mary. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the equivalent yeah yeah right 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 how would that change the game but yeah you know i i think um uh lou gill is a really good kid and i think they're probably trying to get every point they can to try to push for four there he's up four right. one i think at the time so you make it five one you get out quick you make it seven one and then maybe you're you're hunting a couple a couple takedown let them up 
situation and you're you're in major decision territory that's just been you know with with the construction of west perry's lineup and with it being known that they're giving away six at 106 hickory's one of the teams that had a really good backup 106 that they could maneuver like this but they're i mean they're not the first team to send somebody up to 120 to to bypass devin jackson and i saw the same thing mason mcclendon who was a district champ from susquenita uh went up to 120 from 113 not quite as uh, as as big of a jump weight wise but and jackson rush pinned him too really similar situation so you you play with fire a little bit and that's one of the things that made you know those lower weights for west perry you know and and what's going to continue making them tough is that there there's a lot of freshmen all through there too. And right. uh, Jackson rush, you know, he didn't shy away from the moment. He, 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 he didn't spend four minutes of that match uh, wondering how he was competing with the state champ or he wasn't shell shocked by it being right. a state right. champ. Wasn't, wasn't deterred by being down and, and sort of mathematically having a disadvantage being on top in the third period, like to his credit, absolutely hung in there. Uh, got his bread and butter in the third period, got a situation and took advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, kudos to him, man. That was, uh, like I said, I, I, it was awesome. I, I, you know, watching and you hear the crowd in the background, everybody going crazy. I mean, that's, that's, that's good stuff. I love that. That, 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 that's, what, that's what you go to giant center for is when, when you can feel the energy of something big yeah. and unexpected happening. Yeah, uh, that yeah. that that energy is hard to find anyplace else, even though, you know, frankly, there just weren't a lot of people in the stands there. Wes Perry had maybe the most spirited cheering section at Giant Center um, to their credit. Uh, Bishop McDevitt, real quick, I think for them to uh, give up six at one of six the whole way through. For them to be, you know, without Bryce Enders on day two and day three, and he said that he's going to find out midweek this week if he's going to go in the individual postseason or if he's not going to go in the individual postseason. He weighed in, um, you know, anywhere from like 182 to 185 pounds wrestling 215. And, um, you know, day one, he wrestled a really tough kid uh, from Burrow. Uh, who was, I think, ranked number 17 in the state at 215 pounds. Or, I'm sorry, he, he wrestled 189 for that match. So now they're without him, and they're without the 106. Their starter at 138 hadn't been with them. So, like, you're looking at this McDevitt team and, and saying, like, a lot of things kind of went wrong for them in the second half of the regular season and the postseason. And I thought they wrestled really, really tough. They had guys who, who came along and delivered. Um, Hunter Wagner got a pin that won him a match. Tillman Artell uh, played a huge part in them winning the district title against Boiling Springs. And then he got a big pin uh, early at the state tournament. Uh, Michael Bootler for at 113. Are, are, you know, these are all three of these guys are young and wrestlers that Mike Nauman really, really likes who help kind of eliminate that sort of, okay, Bishop McDevitt is giving away points from 106 to 138. Right. Then you can't score on them from 145 up. They sort of, they, they, they morphed. And I think um, the, that narrative sort of changed because these young guys started wrestling tougher and tougher. And if that dynamic exists again next year, and these guys keep wrestling the way that they did, you know, McDevitt's going to be a really strong team. And don't really forget strong team. just from a different a district perspective, Boiling Springs is going up to um, 3A next year. Wow. Yeah. That, 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 you say that, I forgot about that, <laughs> but I, I, the other guy I liked from McDevitt um, and, and, you know, back to, again, the, the, the lightweights of McDevitt, you know, they just, they tighten up a little bit, you know what I mean? They tighten their lineup up and um, you know, instead of giving up six 
you know, now they're, they're, they're battling and they're maybe only giving up three. Well, again, you give me the, you give me the plus minus of pins and a, and a dual meet and a good dual meet. And I'm going to tell you nine times out of 10, it's going to be a team that gets in those pins, you know? So now you have your lightweights going out there, you know, uh, battling and, uh, and, and like you said, showed much improvement from, I felt the beginning to, to the year till now, even though, like you said, you had some things go wrong for McDevitt there with some injuries and, and whatnot. Um, you know, they still battle through and, and, and their, their, their upper tier guys are, are, they can wrestle. They're, they're, they're good. And, uh, you know, I, I like the Gauntis kid, you, you know, you, yeah, I saw him and I think he got hit in that elevator there against, uh, I forget, maybe Brookville and, and, you know, and that was a tough one for them, but I mean, he was winning in the third and got elevated, but he's a good looking kid. I mean, pretty strong looking kid. And, uh, and if, if, if Enders can't go, um that you know maybe not you know do what editors can but I mean he, he's not a bad fill-in he's not a bad fill-in and um I thought you know he did all right at times and and, and you know looked looks good I mean looks strong and, and you know looks like he, he can wrestle so um I, I you know again I'm like you said I, I just feel like in years to come McDevitt's going to be I mean they're going to be they're going to be a team to be reckoned with not only in district three but I, I think the state too and and um, it's not going to take him too long to, to that happens. Um, you know, yeah. battling, battling with Stalkin Valley, battling with Notre Dame Green Pond and then all that. So, yeah, they, um, they lost to Notre Dame Green Pond who, you know, that was a 51 to nine match and, you know, they were just positioned, you know, to really limit, you know, they were beating McDevitt's good kids, not just limiting bonus. They were beating McDevitt's good kids. And uh, when that's happening, and that's why when they're wrestling Brookville and Cade Warner, that's a pretty, that's a, that's a 50, 50 match. He was wrestling at 189, and he got cradled, um, yeah. you know, kind of like a standing cradle and got pinned with that. So there's six. And then Gontis, you know, that kid that he was wrestling was ranked number five in the state. And it's, it's, um, it, you know, it's two, two, he cradles him at the yeah. end of the second. And, and I, you know, I thought, I, I, I think a pin could have been called in that situation. Didn't get it. And then I think the, the inexperience of being a backup all year, he wasn't ready for a scramble drill when he got yeah. elevated wasn't ready for a scramble drill he just kind of ended up getting stuck yeah um, I mean I, I felt I, I saw I was watching it and I mean that guy hit him and I thought oh no and and I, I you saw I wanted to see him like maybe try to fight out of it and I mean man that dude grew roots into the mat I mean just boom <laughs> just just I mean the, the shoulder blades grew roots man it just just stuck there so yeah um, yep. but you know in, in some sense um you know that 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 elevator it's it's a weird feeling you get kind of all twisted and turned around and, and you don't know which way is up when you you, you know you hit your back and um, but yeah, I mean, that, that aside though, I, I think, uh, you know, he's got a nice little backup there at, at 215 or, you know, the Gontis kid. And, um, uh, I don't even, what year is Gontis? Do you know? He's a senior, I believe too. This is okay. it for him. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And his, his, his dad had tracked me down at a couple duels and said, you know, if, if, if Michael were, you know, on a lot of teams, he could be a starter. And I really think he could make a postseason run. Well, we might soon get to find out if he gets to make that postseason yeah. run. I'm not sure yeah. about, about Ender's situation. I'm going to check in with him in the middle of the week and see. Um, that would change the, the the landscape completely. And, you know, he he made it pretty clear all along, Bryce Enders did, that if, if he were just competing for himself, um, he might not have wrestled this year. You know, he was doing it because McDevitt had some high hopes and they needed somebody at 215 pounds. He wants to play football at the next level. He's going to do that at Edinburgh. That's where his kind of focus is and where he wants to be. He doesn't want to jeopardize any of that. 
So here he is, you know, wrestling 215 and, and giving away 20 to 30 pounds on a consistent basis. And he's just doing it because he's filling in the gap. I'm not sure, you know, if push comes to shove, like, you know, is he going to, is he going to go into the individual postseason at 60% and want to compete or would he might maybe want to give that spot up to a guy who, who really wants it? I don't know. Right. Are, are we going to see him? Yeah. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's look uh, look at Central Dolphin there at, in 3A. We we had Dallas Town and Gettysburg also from District 3. Cumberland Valley was the third place for team from District 3. Um, they lost uh, opening night to Cannon Mac. Just a, you know, a pretty terrible draw in its own right. And just a, a hard match it looked like to get up for it. You know, and and uh, Billy was was without jumper at 189 pounds. So you're like, you know, you you've been through what Cumberland Valley has been through. You wrestled two days ago. You're without one of your you know fixtures in your lineup. Um, you know, not a real high energy environment. It's just one of those sleepy kind of things. Cannon Mac drove from three and a half hours away and had maybe like eight or ten fans with them. It's just it's it's a strange, a strange <laughs> yeah. scene yeah. to try to get the most out out of your guys. And and they they ended up losing there. But um, Central Dolphin, um, they lost to Abington Heights to get knocked out of the tournament. They lost to Greater Latrobe. Really wrestled Greater Latrobe pretty tough. I thought so too. I thought so too. I thought so too. Now I. Yeah, I, I mean, really, Central Dolphin in that opening round. Um, when I say opening round, I mean that round of, of sixteen um, was the only team that I thought could win. Now, I will say this: like, I thought Gettysburg battled Williamsport. Um, you know, it was a pretty close battle. I think it was one point match, and I know there was some forfeit and stuff at the end because they had it wrapped up. But here's the deal: like, that you know, I, I, I Gettysburg wrestles hard, and and and. Uh, you know, the the, uh, the Townsend kid, Jackson Townsend, I mean, in this tournament, man, he got pinned twice. And I mean, pretty quickly and 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 uh, against Williamsport. And I, I, I know that ha- I mean, that's one of your better guys. And, and for them like that, that can't happen. You know, I mean, he's got to go six minutes there. And I was kind of shocked to see that result, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? From from him and. Um, but you know, I, I, I do got to give, uh, you know, on the district level, I, I got to give, I got to give Gettysburg some, some props, man. I, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like, and when we were sitting at districts and, and, and I sent you this text and I said, you know, looking at, looking at the floor here at Cumberland Valley, you have, you have Dallas town, Cumberland Valley, Central Dolphin and Gettysburg. Like, are we surprised? You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, at, at some point, like those are the four teams that the AAA, you know, district three title runs through. Right now, it seems like Gettysburg has a pretty good hand on that whole thing. Um, you know, uh, you know, will that change in the future? Maybe, maybe not. I, I know they have some some good young kids coming up too. But um, you know, that being said, uh, I, you know, Semper Dolphin beat General McLean that opening round. But I mean, that was kind of it for District Three. And uh, you know, I, I feel like on, on the Triple A side uh, a little bit. I, I feel like we, we, you know, District Three is a little behind the eight ball there. You know, and. Uh, I, I don't know. It was, it, I don't want to say disappointing because, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and, you know, when you're dealing with high school kids, they're, they're, what are they, 15, 16, 17 years old? I mean, and you don't know what you're going to get from day to day, right? Um, but I think, you know, at the state tournament, we saw, you know, kind of where we're at. And, and, and you saw an all district 11 final in, in both AA and AAA. And I feel like you're going to see, you're going to see the district 11, you know, team thing. And then we're going to turn around and we're going to go to the individual tournament. And you're going to see the district seven individual thing and the district 11 individual thing. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like district three is a little off the mark right now in, in some aspects. And, uh, 
you know, there's all kind of, I'm, I'm sure, sure solutions that we can try to think of to get District 3 wrestling better. But, um, you know, just for starters, I think the recognition that we are a little behind the eight ball and, uh, yeah, and, and, and that was evident in the state tournament. And, and, and let's be truthful, last year, you know, kudos to CD. I mean, they went out, maybe Becca and, 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 you know, had a great little postseason run. But, you know, does Central Dolphin even get to that point if we are in a full year team tournament? You know what I mean? Where Nazareth is in and where, you know, the District 7, you know, 2 and the District 7, 3 teams are in. You know, is Central Dolphin even last year the third best team? And I, I would say probably not. And I think Jeff would maybe maybe admit that. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. But that being said, um, you know, I, I don't know. It was, it, was, it, was, it was tough to watch as far as like District 3 just getting out of the way they did. But um, either way, man, I, like I said, I, I know there were some close battles in there. But, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to see District 3 and Triple A come home with, with a medal. And I, I think even, even heading into it, we kind of knew that was going to be a tall task. You know what I mean? So, well, right off the bat, it was hard to argue with the fact that the top three spots you had, you had, you know, essentially 19 teams competing for one spot. When you concede Bethlehem Catholic was absolutely the best team. Nazareth was absolutely the second best team and Waynesburg, the defending, you know, PIAA champs were absolutely the third best team. And that's the way that things played out. And you were looking at, you know, the rest of the teams could greater Latrobe make a run. They lost one of their star guys uh, to an injury early in this tournament, which didn't help them. Uh, Mifflin County, I thought wrestled pretty tough Williamsport, you know, you had experience wrestling that Williamsport team and kind of starting to see the, not the early makings of, but you could see those ingredients last year starting to get to come together for Williamsport. And they came together this year for, for them to wrestle into the constellation finals. And I saw Brian Nazdio, their coach said something along the lines of we finished, we were the top school um, among those who didn't recruit or have move-ins <laughs> and you know and actually that's a pretty good little segue because no, I, I uh it, it is it's an interesting uh interesting take and um you know and, and the, look, this is a debate that goes on you know all the time in the wrestling world you know, people discuss the the recruiting you know let's make no mistake I mean you know every team you know in that final you know Nazareth uh Becca, Salkin Valley, and and even you know Notre Dame Green Pond, and and there's others throughout there that I mean they get their fair share, you know what I'm saying? Like you know there, there's different guys moving in and out of these schools, whether they're they're public or private, and and I'm not saying like these coaches are going out and actively recruiting kids. I'm not I'm not saying that, but you know when you have a good program, let's say Nazareth, right? So let's say I'm in middle school and I go to, I'm up in district 11 and I go to a, and I'm, I'm a great wrestler. Right. And, and I go to a school up in that area and let's see, I, I you know, there's a coach like named Dave Kroll, who's arguably one of the best coaches in, in high school wrestling. Um, you know, outstanding person, his, his kids are not only well-trained, but he trains them to be good people too. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in middle school, I'm, I'm making that move. If I'm, I'm at like a, a small school up there or a school that's not, not, you know, successful in wrestling and, and, you know, not that he's going out recruiting those kids, but those kids are seeing what success he puts out and, and they're, they're going there. So, you know, um, you know, even, even the, the Braxton Apollo freeze kid, I mean, that kid wrestled for Easton a few years back and is now at Al Nazareth, you know, and yep. so, you know, any team that's, that's achieving on that high level, like you're, you're getting some guys, you know what I mean? Like you're, 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 you're getting some guys and uh, you know, I, we were just saying, like, I feel like the team tournament should be divided into three classifications. 
You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I think team wrestling's hurting right now. And, and I feel like, you know, you look at, you look at team wrestling. I mean, I mean, think about, think about how many sports in, in Pennsylvania, I mean, heck in football, there's six classifications, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, 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 you know, basketball and, you know, wrestling has two, you know, and, and look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I get it. I get it. Like everybody gets a medal. Everybody gets a ribbon. Like, yeah, well, we're, we're wrestling. Yeah. I get the, I get all that, but here's the deal. If, if, if more teams have an opportunity to go out and place at the state tournament, it's going to help team wrestling in the sense that people are going to be more into doing that. You know, we're now like, okay, well, you know, heck, we, we have to compete with Becca. You know, we have to compete with, with uh, you know, Notre Dame Green Pond on the double A side. You know, you have to, well, I mean, and, and I get it. We'll go compete with them. Like, you know, work harder. Like, yeah, that's great. I, I get that. But in reality, it still doesn't help team wrestling. You know, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're losing a battle here. And I feel like there should be more classifications in the team wrestling. And oddly enough, I feel like there should be just one in the individual tournament. I think that would be, that would be outstanding. But, um, you know, hey, three classifications, even four. I, I don't know. I, I just think the more you can get team wrestling, um, you know, more opportunities for teams to maybe achieve that state medal, you know, and, and you know, do that. Uh, it helps the sport a little bit. And, you know, two classifications is tough. It's very tough. And, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, and, and I, I, I think also, you know, we say, well, you know, they recruit and they get kids in, but let's, let's face it. Like those coaches at those schools are also good. So you're getting like the best of both worlds, right? Like you're getting good coaching and top-notch kids. It's not like these kids are all just top-notch and they're moving to a school with a coach that doesn't know what's going on. You know, I mean, Karam's yeah, been, yeah. you know, he's, he's a good coach. And, you know, the guy from Green Pond's been around. You know, he's, he does a good job, too. And, you know, so, I, I mean, I feel like you're getting the best of both worlds there. And, you know, what do you do at your Gettysburg? You know what I mean? I mean, everybody from Gettysburg's team is from that town of Gettysburg, you know. And, you know, for, you know I, I think most public schools are, are in that boat. You know, how do you compete with that? I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I keep working, you know. But, again, the team thing. You know, we want to see teams in District Three, um, you know, reach out and, and achieve that state level, and 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 you know, wrestle more teams across the state. Well, I mean, to do that, you know, maybe divide it up a little more. You know what I mean? And 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 give some of these other teams, uh, give more opportunities, I guess, to you know, to do well in team wrestling. Um, you know, and again, I, I get it. I get the, I get it. Like, oh, we just, you know, more ribbons for everybody. Like, I, I get it. I'm, I'm the guy who used to say that, you know, but, you know, taking a step back and looking at team wrestling, um, you know, I, I think there needs to be something done because we're, we're losing a battle here. We're losing a battle. I think that that is true too. And there, there really isn't, you know, a sweeping universal one size fits all. You do this thing and everything is solved, but there is a sense of dejection among coaches at, at schools where they they have gotten what they feel like is absolutely everything they can out of the kids who are in their room. And they've gotten every kid in their room that they possibly can from their community, however big or small it is. And, and they have, they are limited by something that's out of their control, which is other districts or private schools being able to kind of make upgrades a little bit more freely, a little bit more easily. And, you know, to your point there, there is, and, and this is why we are where we are. If you're a private school, 
you know, not only, you know, you have your wrestling or football, whatever the smart sport might be, the reputation or tradition you have, the coaching that you have there. And a lot of times the, the educational experience at those schools are a, are a notch above where you're at too. So yeah. if you're a parent, you know, you're, you're going to want to try to give your kid, especially if he's a good football player, good wrestler, good basketball player, the best possible chance to be a successful athlete and student you know, it makes sense to go there. Like if, if I have a kid who's a really, really good wrestler and I'm in a community where, you know, maybe my program isn't going to develop in the way that I would absolutely consider everything, you know, whatever, no matter what it says about. So there's a difference between parents seeking out the best opportunity and the, the word recruiting. You know, just because a star athlete lands at a school doesn't mean the coach went back channels, didn't break every rule in the book, all that stuff. Now, you know, if if a coach or if like, you know, Notre Dame Green Pond with, you know, they they assembled essentially an all-star team, which is why the entire arena is clapping when that team loses. But, um, you know, there are shades of gray, I suppose. But um, just because a kid ends up at a school doesn't mean that he, it was done illegally. So, and I think there's just so much umbrella criticism and it's just not like this, this situation calls for some kind of reform. And I just don't think it helps anybody to just like throw a blanket statement out there that, that all private schools cheat, you know, like right, they're, they're, right. they're, it's, it's just, it's not the case and it doesn't lead to a healthy dialogue about things that can actually be done to fix this. No, I, I, I agree with you. And, and I mean, it, it is tough because, and, and people have to understand this too. Like if a kid goes to another school, if a kid transfers to another a, a private school, okay. People say, well, how come, you know, this school gets all these guys in, but this school doesn't, they get called for it. Well, understand something in order for there to be a, a hearing in order for something to happen, the school in which that student is leaving has to file an injunction. You know what I mean? They have to be the one to go after that. And a lot of times what you have is when a kid leaves a school, I mean, some schools don't even care about wrestling. You know what I mean? Like right. he might be leaving a school that doesn't even care about wrestling, but he's a real good wrestler. Well, the wrestling world's gone. Well, I mean, how come that kid's allowed to recruit? Because the school he just left doesn't care about, you know, wrestling. I mean, they go, I mean, if you want to do that thing, well, I mean, that's how that happens. Right. So, you know, and, and you hear, you hear people talk all the time and, you know, I can't believe that person was allowed. Well, understand it's not even brought up if the school that they're leaving doesn't, doesn't file that or doesn't, you know, make that complaint. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of loopholes and, and ins and outs to it, you know, but um, I, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you, you see the, the, the finals, I mean, you had Notre Dame, Green Pond and Becca, the two private schools in district 11 and essentially Stalkin Valley and Nazareth, which are two good public schools in district 11, um, you know, and, and uh, yeah, and, and, and they got it done. I mean, you know, district 11 final um, to compete with that. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, keep working, keep chopping wood. But I mean, even district wise, Dustin, right? Like, so look at the district three triple A bracket. Okay. The 13 team, the number 13 team in our district got shut out by the number five team. Like Gettysburg yeah. beat, you know, I'm power ranking wise, right? So, you yeah. know, that's power rankings are what they are, but still at the end of the day, here's the number five team in the district shut out the number 13 team. So you want to talk about a big difference even there. I mean, within our district, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, that, and that's why I'm even saying like the, dividing it up a little bit more and maybe even by school size a little more and breaking it down and, 
you know, open up that, that, that playing field a little bit. So I don't know. So schools and communities can get a little more into their team wrestling and, and get behind it a little more when they know that they're not going to show up and, and just get, you know, shellacked. I, I, you know, I don't know. And, and it's just an interesting thing just to put a bow on it. If you're a coach, um, there, there comes a point for everybody in the, in the team postseason of saying, can we actually compete? for this and what's what's worth it what what risks can i possibly justify to go a a match further or a round further or to win a consolation match you know as a coach don't you have to have some honest reflection about how good you actually are um whether you can or can't get into that top four and just manage your team accordingly sit a guy if he's banged up if he hurts a knee the day before you know, don't, don't push it. I mean, I, and I can't fault anybody for either way, but you know, it does take a, probably a healthy sense of perspective to, uh, to say, you know what, we're, we're not good enough and I'm not going to manage my team. Like we are good enough to, to win this thing. And, and I've been there. I mean, I, I, I've done that. You know, we go to the state tournament. It's like, okay, we win here. We're, we're going to go to the state tournament. We're going to weigh in, you know, four more times uh, at the, you know, at, you know, at most, right. We go weigh in all weekend and, and we're not going to have a chance. We're going to get, we're going to get killed. You know, we're down a couple guys. So what are we even doing right now? You know what I mean? And, and not that you throw a match or not that, you know, but um, you know, I think every coach is open to that decision. Like that's your job, right? You coach that team. I know where I'm at um, with my team and, and we're, we, we pulled the most out of our team as we could. And, and we're not good enough. I mean, we're not, we're not, we're not going to be able to compete here. So now like, okay, well, what about the individuals, you know, like what, where we you know the individual tournaments right around the corner. So what's best for some of those guys who do put the most time into this sport, you know what I mean? And, and want to get that right. So um, it, it is, it is definitely a fine line. I, I do think, you know, but you, you, you qualify, you compete, you, you go, you try to win. I get all that, but there, there is a fine line between you got to be real. You know what I mean? You got to be able to take a look at your team and be real with yourself as a coach and as a program and know sometimes that like your ultimate um, goal as a coach and, and your culture and your program and where you want to get to sometimes is different than what's best for the kids. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I have a program. I want to be state champion. We want to be want to do this. We want to do that. And that's great, uh, you know, that philosophy you have, but that can be different. And, and, you know, as far as what is best for your kids at that time. And I'm always going to err on most times what's best for the kids, you know, as a coach. And I, I think most coaches do, you know. Here's one last thing on teams, and then, then we'll shift into looking ahead a little bit to sectionals here. Um, Jackson Arrington from Forest Hills, the number one 152-pounder in the state, returning state champion. Here's just another thing with, with duels. Boiling Springs and Bishop McDevitt both wrestled Forest Hills, both beat Forest Hills. In no way, mathematically, did it make any sense to challenge Jackson Harrington. So you're here you have a kid who, who had on paper the opportunity to wrestle the number two kid, who's Andrew Christie from Bishop McDevitt, and the opportunity to wrestle the number three kid in Michael Dugan from Boiling Springs. Instead, he gets his arm raised twice, and those guys bump up to 160 and beat the kid there. Mathematically, you're, you're trying to minimize the damage there. You're trying to, you know, I think in both cases it made sense to go minus three at those two weights instead of potentially minus right. nine or more right. minus 12 right. maybe, but it's just one of those things with, with big time duels. You didn't see Jackson Arrington uh, break a sweat and I would have loved to, and the, all the coaches involved would have loved to see those matchups, but they won duels in part because they make that decision. 
No, and and you know, as far as Forest Hills, you know, and and, and this is where like the coin flip and all that I, I feel like and, and matches needs to go out the window. Um, but at the end of the day, that flip can be big. Where now, like Bishop McDevitt and and maybe Boiling Springs is forced to send out their fifty-two pounder first to where then they can put Arrington on him. You know what I mean? And instead, yeah. uh, they don't. You know, and and. Um, you know, that's kind of, that's that, that's that thing. And that's why I say like the coin flip in wrestling is way too important. I, I think that, you know, before each dual meet, the coach should fill out a sheet, write in the weights of who he wants, where, not knowing what that other coach is going to write down. You submit it to the head table and you roll. You don't have to worry about, you know, the coin flip being that big of a deterrent. You know, the, the, the coin flip can determine a match. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've, I've been a part on the, on the good and bad end of that, you know, and um, I just think it determines too much in wrestling and, you know, you have Jackson Arrington, like you said, out there 152. Well, then they, they forfeit to him and bump up. But, you know, as a coach, your, your team states. This isn't, this isn't individuals. You know, your job is to get your team to win. And, and you know, so that's what McDevitt and Bowling Springs thought they had to do to beat them. And, you know, it obviously worked. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Just, just yeah. one of those things. Well, let's, yeah, let's look at individuals yeah. re- real quick. We'll kind of run down through. We don't have um, seeds or brackets yet for sectional tournaments, but they are coming up on Saturday. Six different sites, two in AA, four in AAA. Um, I just wanted to kind of go around what stood out to me at each of these sections. And you can kind of, um, you know, I- I'll give you the, the first pick here. But looking at Cla- in AA section one, which is at Susquehanna High School, you've got um, all of Perry County there, which is West Perry, Newport, Susquehanna, uh, Boiling Springs there as well, Littlestown, uh, Biglerville, you know, just looking at schools that, you know, regionally make the most sense to go there. It's a pretty good double A tournament. Um, there's one other at CD East, but uh, what stands out among the weight classes there? Because you've got a few really good ones. Yeah, I think uh, my, the, the weight class that I like is 113. You have Devin Jackson, Rafe Barber, and the McClendon kid there. I think that's an interesting little weight class. Uh, you know, should, should be some pretty good bouts there. I, I, uh, I would probably tend to see Devin Jackson coming out on top. Hopefully, again, his health is good, and when we see him in the postseason, I don't think there's any reason yeah. why we wouldn't. But you know, with 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 Devin, sometimes that that can be an issue. Um, I, I, you know, 160 pounds. You know, you brought up Jaden Barrick, and 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 here we have an, um, you know, the Gannon Smith kid, Justice Hockenberry folk from West Perry. And, you know, Jaden Barrick had a nice weekend. And, and, and like you said here, could 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 kind of get in the mix there a little bit and and cause those couple guys maybe a uh, – I, I don't know. I'm not, I, I don't know. Maybe just make them work a little bit, you know. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, he, he, and, he brings that to the table where the, he, maybe he can make them adapt that survive and advance. Like he, he's the guy who could – who could be trailing Justice Hockenberry Folk, for example, 2-1 in the third period and lose lose 6-2 or 6-3 where, sure. okay, you had to sweat that one. You got to go out and beat this kid, sure. especially the way that he's going now. I don't think he's really somebody that you want to run into. Right, right. And, and then I see the two big boys from Trinity, 72 and 89 with Gray and Painter. Um, you know, I, I feel like Colin Neal's improved a lot. You know what I mean? So I, I'd like to see that match up there. I, I think Tucker would, would would be favored, you know what I mean? But still one that I, you know, like I said, Colin Hill's improved a good bit and, and I'd like to see that bout. Um, but yeah, I yeah. think 113 and, and, you know, 113, 126 with Bounds, uh, Mingy and, and Morrison there, Mingy or Morrison in, in, in there is pretty good um, as well. I, I, you know, Carper and Ziggler at 38. Yeah. I mean, you know, not not a bad section, not a bad section. 
Carper is wrestling extremely well, and I want to see him carry that over the whole way through the postseason. You know, I think he he flashed. He beat the Connor Brown kid from Littlestown early last postseason, and then lost to him in districts. And I, I don't think uh, I think he would probably be the first to admit. Trevor would say he just didn't you know have that same attacking mentality the second time around. And it's one of the things, man. Like Devin Jackson and Ray Farber could literally wrestle at sectionals districts regionals and states maybe they'll def i mean there's a high probability that they wrestle at, in the first three legs of that and we saw that last postseason too you know especially in these smaller brackets you had to wrestle the same guy over and over and over again it's just a unique challenge in the double a level right right um yeah and, and i mean remember you know last year they wrestled them in two days like you know what i mean you had like sections yeah back to back with the district on like a sunday and wrestle the same guys um no yeah i uh i you you could and and i mean like i said it it gets to that point where you know you wrestle the same guy over and over and it starts to chip away at you mentally a little bit like you know a guy starts to close the gap and then you start you know i mean the respect is earned a little more by the guy that keeps you know and and it gets tough um i i do i don't know i i i still feel pretty strongly in in devin jackson's favor there but you know, you're right. You you could see a, a Jackson Barber district final and, and even they can meet again at regionals. Uh, looking at section two, which is at CV East, you've got Bishop McDevitt and Northern Lebanon. I think two of the two of the highlights, but Burke's Catholic is going to be there. Um, uh, you, you see um, Camp Hill is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, Lancaster Catholic's got a couple of good guys, Brandywine Heights. So you, you, this this is really like a, a really good melting pot of uh of different sections of district three and so yeah i think you have a bishop mcdevitt team that will be pretty well positioned to to win that um in in the team standings what about from an individual standpoint i threw a few of these matchups together here but no all-star on all-star so there's not a lot of like stud on stud but uh, but some some interesting weight classes I know who's going to win heavyweight. I feel like I can, if I was a betting man, I feel like I would. you would get such so, bad odds that I, I, I don't I know, even think it'd be no, worth it. No, it wouldn't be worth it at all. Um, but uh, no, I, I, the weight class there that I, I looked over and I kind of like was uh, 180, uh, 189 um, with Werner and McLean, Tristan Bear. I, I think that's a you know interesting weight. Um, you also have at 120 pounds and you put this down, um, Eric Howe. Deicher and Bradigan, both, all three have been to the postseason. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, before and return there. And um, again, I don't see many like, you know, stud on stud matchups here, but um, that will set up a, a good week for, for the districts and the, the week after, I think. So, with those two sections. Looking at AAA, starting at Section 1, Governor Mifflin, a lot of the Burks teams are out there. We don't have a lot of local locals there. Um, the one weight class that jumps out to me, it's the only one I really wrote down, was Griffin Gonzalez um, wrestling JT Hogan. I know you got a chance to, you know, your guy wrestled Griffin Gonzalez in the district finals, I believe, last year, yeah, right? Last so year, right, um, right. good kid. Um, he's a junior now. He's won a ton of matches. Uh, now I just want to see, I mean, how how built is he to make a deep a deeper postseason run um, with that in mind? You know, I don't think Le- Lebanon has put him in as many positions as they possibly could to wrestle tough guys guys but it's gonna it's gonna start right now where his the, the level of um uh, opponent's gonna go up for him i love i love griffin gonzalez though yeah i do too I, I was impressed with him last year he beat our guy at 132 in the finals um 
Although I, I will say, like, I felt like last year at our district, that, that weight class was kind of a wide open weight. You know what I mean? There was no real front runners there. So, um, you know, and then they found out that next week where we went, we went to the super regional. And I mean, we're there at 132 pounds. And I mean, I, I think all, they all got pinned in the first round, you know, and I was like, oh, man. Um, but I, I do like Gonzalez. I, I think, uh, you know, his record is, in, is a, it's pretty incredible. You know what I mean? Like what his total record is, is his career record at this point. Um, but I, I, I'll take Griff, Griffin Gonzalez. I'd like to see him show up on the state level though, maybe and get something done there. You know what I mean? Um, I think he's a tough kid. And I actually think 152 pounds in our district is going to be a pretty good weight. Um, it, it, you know, it is. Yeah. Belga and yeah. Yeah. Yep. So da, da, say, Dobbins know, back, Frontino, you know, he was Frontino, Dobbins, yep. Belga, uh, Gonzalez. Yeah. That's, that's a tough weight. Um, so that'll be, that'll be good in the district level too. Uh, how about section two at, at Hempfield? That's where central dolphin is. And, and I know, um, Swags kind of went out of his way to get some matchups in the regular season against some of these guys that they're going to see, even if it's yeah. just for seating purposes, but the weight that jumps out is a one Oh six where, you know, a few of these names were in that weight class last year in the sectional tournament. So you got, you got them back and all a little bit improved from where, where they were. And you've got, you know, a, uh, I think it's like for four of the top five or so guys from district yeah. three are in that, are in that one section. Yeah. Tachi Flanagan, Williams, Malavi. Yeah. I mean, th- those guys are all, are all tough. I mean, all state ranked guys, you know, so that, that, that weight class there, the other one that interests me is, is old 285, you know, old, old Stu up there, you know, at 285, you have Ben Stewart, you have the, the Mooseman kid from, from Hempfield and then the Washington kid. That's an interesting weight too. I do want to see the 60 pound final with Wooly and Garvik. I think that could be a pretty good final there, but I'm, I'm really interested in that 106 pound weight class in section two. I think that's going to be a good. And, and you've got three guys at 285 there. You could convince me any sequence in the no, end no. <laughs> one, two, three, you could, you could, you could flip some coins and I, I would buy it no matter what that that'll be pretty, pretty wide open among that group. And I, I like the, the 160 final you've got, you know, a sophomore in Ryan Garvick who, you know, he wrestled 145 last year is what 160. He's not huge for 160. He's young. Um, he's done a ton of wrestling though. And David Woolley's been around the block. So you're going to have to beat that kind of crafty veteran in, in the finals there, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Section three at, at Mechanicsburg, I, I feel like um, in in previous years, you've seen more breathtaking firepower, you know, but you bring together Northern, Cumberland Valley, Cedar Cliff, Carlisle, Chambersburg, Chambersburg yeah. you know, Shippensburg's there. It, it, uh, CD East has a, a couple guys who, who will be interesting. You have a lot of big schools and big programs uh, under one roof. And when you do that, you're going to have some depth in these brackets, even though, you know, some of them don't really have the high end head to head matchup that you'd love. Um, you've got some that are pretty wide open that you're just going to have to grind your way through it. Yeah. Again, um, I, I like a couple of weight. I mean, a bunch of weights here, but 120 for Telly Menser. And then you have uh, the Mitchell kid from Cumber Valley. Who's going to be a tough out. I think, you know what I mean? In that, in that weight class, uh, which is pretty interesting. Um, the other one there is 52, uh, Frontino, Belga, and uh, the young man from CD East, who's had a pretty good year. Um, the name's slipping me. Help me out, Dustin. Marcel McDaniels. Marcel yeah, McDaniels. That's yeah. it. Daniel. Yeah, I, I, I expect him to give both those guys a handful. Um, you know, so that'll be an interesting weight. Um, I think 160s, like you said here, is pretty wide open. You have Bruschino, Davenport, and D'Angelo. 
You know what I mean? Uh, Davenport from Chambersburg, D'Angelo from Carlisle, Brashino from Cumberland Valley. I again, just like the heavyweight at, at Section Three, you could try, you could kind of like convince me of any order that they would finish there, and I'd listen to that argument. Um, you know, I, I, that'll be a pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting weight there. The other final I'm looking forward to seeing there is uh, the the Co Diesel Kozer and Aiden Height at 189. You know, 289 pounders that weren't, weren't really there last year, but I feel like I've made big improvements to this year, and I don't know if they'll. Absolutely. You know, I don't know if they will. They'll be you know, on that level, but as far as like a state medal, but both guys that, that have improved. So they're, they're guys who are on the fringe there who, uh, who could make that jump. And I think, you know, same deal at 160 where you've got a couple, what I would call super sophomores and Anthony Braschino and Anthony D'Angelo guys that I'd love to see take that next step forward in their career, but they're going to have to go through a guy like Ryder Davenport um, at 215 pounds. Also, um, looking at 215, Travis Armstrong from CD East, who looks really, really good. Looks like a different guy. Um, yeah, and, and and Zach Evans, who missed a chunk of the, the of the middle part of the year, about three weeks or so, he missed with injury. So um, I don't think he's quite gotten his due on, on a district or statewide level. And both of these guys, with a win, presumably, again, in the finals, whoever wins yeah. that one, will be a huge moment for them. And I think can be something that 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 kind of propels them into the rest of the postseason. You look at state rankings, they're, they're both in that sort of like 8, 9, 10 yeah. range. They're both yeah. on that that fringe of maybe being state yep. medalists yeah yep. Um, yep. but i think really strong for for one section yeah i do too i, I like both those guys and you know zach evans went out placing that down uh, escape the rock um you know the armstrong kid like you said just looks looks really good right now is wrestling really tough that will be that is a that is a good a good weight there too i i or good should be a good final um you know i, I don't know you know yet at 26 you got Decker, trenton walker you know, you mentioned the the uh, the Clay Kozer kid from from LD, who's obviously made some improvements. I don't see him tapping into those two at all yet, maybe. But I I, I mean, he could be a guy that could help Lower Dolphin, you know, get that ball rolling again here back at Lower Dolphin, and uh, you know, kind of get things rolling from that for them to get him to districts. You know, I I feel that you know that he can do that. Um, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And, and uh, there, there will be a couple surprises along the way, just trying to figure out who those surprises might you know, the, be. The, the team race in that section will be interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have be. Carlisle who have some kids that'll do their thing and Cumberland Valley will and Chambersburg will. And, you know, so you're going to see some, I, I think the team race there is going to be, you know, somewhat interesting. So it, it'll, it'll be pretty balanced. You know, I think, it, I think it's really going to come down to, Maybe not the guys that we're talking about, but can, sure, you sure. know, can can Carlisle get a few kids who like pin their way through consolations, or you know, like I think it's going to come down to some of those other guys who are going to nip and tuck at, at at the team race that that can make a difference. I think you know, on paper, you don't have one truly dominant force here. Right, um, right. Cumberland, Cumberland Valley. I mean, depending on that, you know, 152 is the place where they probably have the best odds of winning a sectional title, winning a weight. You know, there's a possibility of them maybe having zero or one sectional champ coming out. And the same yeah, is true, yeah. you know, like Schindeldecker's, you can probably write him in on, on a, with some pretty solid pencil at 126. Um, I, I don't think anybody's beaten him there, but you know, who else is going to be at the very top of the podium for yeah, who else is a lock? Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. There, there aren't, there aren't a lot of locks here. And I think that that's, what's going to make it a little bit more interesting, but you know, I, we, you don't have those, you know, we, you got spoiled at that section uh, some of these yeah. years, you know, you got yeah, spoiled yeah, yeah. with, you know, Edmund Ruth, 
uh, wrestling Luke Nichter. You got spoiled oh, yeah. with, you know, Luke Nichter wrestling Clayton Ulrey at, Ulrey at sectionals. It, no doubt. That section, you know, historically speak, speaking, is the best section, usually year in and year out. Um, it, it, there's a little more parity this year than, than, than there isn't the high achieving guys, like you said, but it, it still is a, a darn good section in the district. I mean, you know, full of mid pen teams and, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was like that section. Uh, last section, section four down at Southwestern, a lot of the York Adams teams. So a lot of the teams that we've talked about before, your Gettysburgs and your Dallas towns and your spring groves, you know, teams that aren't built around necessarily, you know, one or two high end stars, but guys who are going to compete probably at all 13 spots, probably, you know, safe to say that, you know, most of those high end teams are better dual teams than they are individual tournament teams. So right. you're going to have, you know, I, I think maybe some parity down at Southwestern too, but again, just like with uh, uh, section two at Hempfield, that 285 pound, like that, that's a wide open affair. And I think to me, you know, you look at that being wide open at Hempfield, <coughs> Ben Stewart, Caleb Musman, Tyrus Washington, and then at South, Southwestern, Ethan Miller from Central York, who's a pretty light, long, lean um, heavyweight, Hunter Bisking, Trevor Gallagher from Gettysburg, Michael Hershey, uh, from Spring Grove, it all points to me that uh, Leighton Schmick from Carlisle is a prohibitive favorite in my eyes. You know, I know Trevor Gallagher has, has beaten him in the past, but, you know, it looks like Leighton Schmick has kind of passed him for good. Uh, it looks like Leighton Schmick is a, a solid, solid, solid uh, favorite to win a district title at 285. Yeah, I mean, you know, all things, all, you know, all, all crazy things, you know, I think crazy things can happen and whatnot, but I would agree with that. And in that section, 285 is that weight that I feel like is, is pretty, is a pretty solid weight. All four of those guys can wrestle, but again, I, I still, like you said, I, I don't see any of those guys, you know, testing, testing Schmick there at the district level. I, I mean, maybe, maybe give him a little bit, but I, I do feel like he's a clear favorite and it's crazy to say that and think that on the double A end, like Raleigh Robel is that much better than him. You know what I mean? And in, in yeah. some way should perform, you know, I'm just, just just throwing that out there but um but yeah no i i uh i'm excited here for the postseason you know a time where you know for the guys wrestling it's got to be more important to you you know and in, in, in the individual season you see it guys give up they quit they pack it in they're ready for wrestling to be over and you know the guys that it's it's more important to will, will always win out man and then and, and move on so um yeah it'd be an interesting weekend and uh kind of give us a good feel heading in the district where everything's at um you know, for, for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So sectional six different locations on Saturday, you've got districts, which will be a, a much, much more returned no, to normal affair at CD East at Spring Grove for triple A CD East for double A. That'll be the following weekend. Southeast, re, Southeast regionals back in Bethlehem uh, the week after that. So, you know, uh, district three is back to having that weekend off, which I think is deserved um, after, you know, the, the PIAA championship run. There's teams that um, across the state that are not wrestling sectional tournaments this weekend that, that are really, in the room and getting healthy and, and getting their weight right and getting that opportunity right. at least in in triple a around here they'll get that chance still between districts and states then of course it all boils down to uh giant center three days um which is refreshing to see again oh, yeah. you know that i i felt like that everybody gets a medal who walks in the giant center doors didn't ha- didn't fuel the mindset of of some guys the, you know, like the, there was a mindset of complacency or a mindset of I'm here, man. I got my medal. 
yeah. the rest of these guys are all better than me. What's the, what's the difference? I'm walking out of here with the medal either way. Right. Right. Well, I mean, hopefully here this individual season, we see district three kind of step up and, and, you know, and, and do some good stuff in the individual postseason. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I feel like again, in triple A, uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult, man. I mean, it's going to be a tough, a tough go. And, uh, but we have some tough kids up in there and we'll see how they make out here. Come, come postseason. I think, uh, you know, again, I, I think if, if I were to, to make a bet that the best guy in, in this in double A or triple A in district three to win a state title, the, you know, the best chance is definitely Robel at heavyweight and outside of him, it's tough for me to pinpoint, you know what I mean? Another, another, another state champ. So hopefully yeah. somebody can wrestle tough here and get through it and, and, and get through that gauntlet. But man, it's, uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. For, for my money, just to wrap things up, um, Schindeldecker, really tough 126 yeah. pound weight class yeah. this year. You've had a couple freshmen who have come on Dalton Perry from Central Mountain, uh, the kid from Maddox Shaw from Thomas Jefferson. So you, you've got, you've got some work to do there. Then I think, um, uh, just looking at uh, Aaron Seidel from Northern Lebanon. Yeah, yes. it's a it's a it's a tough 106. He's he's behind the Louis Gill kid who we talked about uh, moved up to 120. So that he'll have to go through a state champ to get there. But that that little kid, even though he he looks like he's he's four and a half and he's just he's just uh, <laughs> like he has to take it. He has to get change his diaper before he, he puts a singlet on. Like he 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 is a tough competitor he is tough, and somebody he, he is he's tough. he's high he's high on that list too. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. But he is good. He is good. He is. He yeah. Is so the, the fun begins. We're, we're through the team postseason individual and now we move into individuals. Stay with us. I promise you, we will be back. Um, that that's a, that's a vow from me to you, all dozen of you that we <laughs> will be back right. to, to, break down, <laughs> to break down sectionals and look ahead to districts next week. So uh, stay tuned with us here on the Penn live wrestling podcast.